lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. A reminder, things could be a little... uh, you know, difficult, complicated, awkward around here for the next couple of weeks. We're in the middle of a studio upgrade renovation. Uh, we've got a lot of different things we've got to go to, travel to over the next couple of months as well. You might tune in and see me uh, doing the show from a rando hotel room or someplace from points unknown around the country. So just to bear with us here over the next, as we head into October, November, those two months between the show and some upgrades that are happening here and the completion of the nefarious film, Uh, Those couple of months could be a little ragged around here. So I just want to warn you and thank you in advance for being patient. I should thank you guys as well in advance for being patient too, because you guys are going to be called upon uh, to, you know, have a little bit more flexibility than you're already called upon to have. So thanks in advance to both of you for being patient as well. Next, I'm actually looking forward to next week, man. I mean, the, the studio... This, tearing they are, this down and then rebuilding, and yeah. it's going to look really sweet. I mean, the specs, Plus, I'm not going to look like a, a, a vampire anymore. <laughs> Nosferatu? Yeah. Uh, the specs of what is coming looks insane. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. So I know what Todd needs, because Todd loves when things are unsettled. You love it. Like, you love when we switch the schedule up. You love when things are unsettled. I know you really like that. Coattails, like, baby. You, you come to me and say, could we have, I've got four children. Could we possibly have more chaos and confusion and unsettling scheduling of knowing when we're going to do things? You request that quite often, right? Whatever the gig demands, I serve at the pleasure of the president. Yes, but I understand. You know what? Listen, a good coach understands, all right? Um, when his players, you got to, you know, kick him in the butt a little bit to motivate him. And then when you got to ease up a little bit because you've asked a little much. That's why usually these days when we get in a refill of shipments from Bonner Private Wines, I just go to Todd first. Right? This is true. It is true. I mean, we, we kind of say, hey, how much do you want? Which of these do you want? You get the first dibs, right? Um, and these are outstanding foreign wines that you can have imported here from deep in the Andes Mountains families that have been doing this for going on a second century now uh, with some of the best Malbec grapes, highest altitude Malbec grapes in the world. And now they've sweetened the offer even more. They will add in a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So you get now four bottles for the price of three. And you still get their standard incredible special of half off the wine and half off the shipping. And we're talking about shipping in foreign wines. Half off that shipping matters quite a bit. All right. BonnerPrivateWines.com. B-O-N-N-E-R. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve is where you can go to claim your bonus bottle. Take advantage of this special offer at BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Of course, it is Wednesday, so you know what is coming. Uh, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will join us. By the way, I should re- I don't I keep forgetting that the election is not on the first Tuesday of November this year. Right. So I keep be- my I realized yesterday I'm a week ahead in all of my countdowns. We're actually Yesterday was six weeks to the election, not five. I've been a week ahead this whole time because I've been going to the first Tuesday in November. Forgive me, senior moment, so I wanted to correct that. We're actually, yesterday was six weeks until the election, not five. Uh, But we will talk to Daniel Horowitz about that and more. Uh, Coming up uh, towards the end of the program today, we will play buy, sell, or hold 
coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And then whatever is left over will be bonus buy, sell, or hold in the overtime. And remember, Aaron puts like no foresight or anything into these. He doesn't rank them. doesn't try to get like the best ones on the air. He just randomly grabs ones that he likes and they are in no order other than the order he saw them. Correct? Yes. And we and, like it that way. And that, and that means that it it's bonus. It's literally not leftovers. Like sometimes we've gotten to the overtime and we're like, dude, why wasn't this like the first question we started with? Right. So um, we will have bonus, not leftover um, uh, buy, sell, or hold for the overtime coming up uh, later today as well at blazetv.com slash days for blazetv subscribers. But for all of you, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Boom. On Monday, the Swedish National Seismology Center published measurements of explosions under the Baltic Sea, one of which was the equivalent of a magnitude 2.3 earthquake. That same day, in those same areas, gas could be seen bubbling to the surface. The explosions happened in the vicinity of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas pipelines from Russia. The pipelines are now apparently unusable. Nord Stream 1 had been shut off as a result of Western sanctions against Russia, while Nord Stream 2 had yet to open. And now, even if there were political will to turn both back on for the winter, that's unlikely to happen. Various European leaders blamed either Russia or the U.S. for sabotaging the pipelines. I'm not going to speculate wildly, but I will ask this. Who stands to benefit the most from Europe having fewer options to heat their homes this winter? Also, there's this from February. If uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, do, but how will you how will you do that? Exactly. Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says Russia is to blame for all the administration's failures. Sovereignty, territorial integrity, independence, um, they are being challenged. And we're seeing the consequences in everything from rising food insecurity to the energy prices that we've talked about. So it's profoundly in everyone's interest for Russia to stop its aggression. Moving on, as Hurricane Ian closes in on western Florida nearing a Category 5, Joe Biden had an important reminder for those in its path. A vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or natural disaster hits. In completely unrelated news, Congress is working on a deal that would fund the government until December and would include another $12 billion for Ukraine. Biden also once more called on every single solitary gas station around the country to somehow lower the price at the pump. Look, my message is simple. The companies running gas stations are setting those prices at the pump. Bring down the prices you're charging in a pump to reflect the cost you pay for the product. Do it now. And now a polling roundup. The newest Trafalgar polls of interesting races around the country show some encouraging numbers for some Republican gubernatorial candidates. In Pennsylvania, Republican nominee Doug Mastriano is behind by just two points to Josh Shapiro, 45 to 47 percent. In Wisconsin, Republican nominee Tim Michaels is leading Democrat Tony Evers, 48 to 47 percent. In Nevada, 
Republican Joe Lombardo leads Democrat Steve Sisolak 48 to 45 percent. And in Arizona, Carrie Lake leads Democrat Katie Hobbs 50 to 46 percent. Speaking of Carrie Lake, she just released this advertisement as her closing pitch to Arizonans. Hi, Arizona. It's Carrie Lake. You've heard a lot of lies about me this past year, but here's the truth. I was raised in a big family in Iowa. Dad was a teacher and mom a nurse. I'm the youngest of nine, and we had to work hard to get by. I put myself through college and found opportunity here. I married Jeff, and we have two beautiful children. You welcomed me into your homes for 27 years as I delivered you honest news. Arizona gave me everything, and I'm running for governor to give you my all. In Senate races, Trafalgar has J.D. Vance leading by five points in Ohio over Democrat Tim Ryan, 50 to 45 percent. In Nevada, Republican Adam Laxalt leads Catherine Cortez Masto, 47 percent to 43 percent. In North Carolina, Republican Ted Budd leads Democrat Sherry Beasley, 47 to 44 percent. And in Georgia, Herschel Walker leads Democrat Raphael Warnock, 48 to 47 percent. The latest Emerson poll of the Wisconsin Senate race shows Republican Ron Johnson leading Democrat Mandela Barnes 48 percent to 44 percent. And now this, in what could be a major groundbreaking case should it go anywhere, a physician's assistant in Michigan has been fired from her job after she requested religious accommodations for her beliefs about gender. First Liberty Institute sent a demand letter to University of Michigan Health on behalf of Valerie Klusterman, a physician assistant terminated after she sought a religious accommodation from referring patients for sex-obscuring procedures and experimental drugs and from using biology-obscuring pronouns. In their letter, First Liberty attorneys explained why Michigan Health violated several laws that protect religious conscience, including the First Amendment. Again, this is a demand letter, but it could be a precursor to a lawsuit should Michigan Health not reinstate Klusterman. And now some breaking news, breaking into the montage live. I just want to let you know, in New York City, we have a situation unfolding. We found a New Yorker who actually knows what Kansas is. We have a brand. New York has a brand. And when people see it, it means something. You know, when we go there, it's not, Kansas doesn't have a brand. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Netflix has a new drama, not a documentary, a drama about the life and times of one of the most gruesome and notorious serial killers in American history, Jeffrey Dahmer. After outcry from the Rainbow Jihad, the streaming giant removed the LGBTQ tag from that series so it no longer shows up in the LGBTQ section on Netflix. I thought that was funny. And that's what happens while we were away. Aaron is correct. That case in Michigan is definitely something to keep your eye on, especially with the involvement of, uh, of First Liberty Institute there and the precedent that that could set moving forward because that is now the new battleground. Um, not to say that the battleground with COVID stand is over, but a lot of those things are in their final stages at the moment. This is the new territory here as the regime attempts to enforce and impose its next anti-christical, anti-science, anti-fact anti-self-evident truth, anti-reality narrative. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile, where you have a rare opportunity via them as a platform. There's just no way that you can avoid on some level. You just can't. I mean, the cancer in the culture is too systemic. Somewhere along the lines, if you are going to live in modern America, you are going to end up having to do business with something or somebody who hates you. 
or at the very least is so indifferent to your values that they are willing to fund entities that do. Thankfully, when such an outlet and an alternative parallel economy outlet presents itself, take full advantage. And one of them just so happens to be with a product we all pretty much need to use these days, a mobile phone. That's where our friends at Patriot Mobile come in. They are America's only really American uh, mobile phone carrier. And if you want to make the switch today, they use all the same towers that everybody else does. So it's quite likely you won't lose any signal strength. And you'll also not lose any sleep that you're no longer directly funding your enemies. Uh, and if you want to make the switch today and you are a veteran or first responder, let them know when you call to make the switch. And they'll give you bigger savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve. That's a free activation with the offer code Steve. When you head over to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, once more, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or just give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. Give me the composite. Give me the composite of the person in the eye of Hurricane Ian in Florida at the moment who is thinking after what the president said yesterday, you know what? He's right. I've got to get over to Walmart, Rite Aid, Walgreens. I've got to get jabbed right now. Yeah, not board up my home, secure my belongings, especially the, the family things that matter the most, the albums, the photos, you know, the keepsakes. Um, secure my family. In fact, I got to make sure that they are jabbed too. Like, give me the composite of who that was for. Or is that just breathtaking Orwellian levels of self-parody? That's the majority of Democrats. I mean, we just found out they still believe, a poll just came out, the majority of Democrats still believe that the COVID jab should be mandatory. That, that don't, yes, I know. The, the ones that don't work, that aren't safe, and they don't work. And they're not safe. Those ones? They exist. They exist. Do you think over under 21 million people live in Florida? I I mean, this is a, right now, last I heard it was a category four. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at the very least, given that swath of destruction, we've at least got to be in a million or two million people that are within its path of destruction, right? Mm -hmm. Or or their homes, their dwellings, residencies, right? Even if they've evacuated. So over, give me, I'm going to put the over under at 10,000. Did 10,000 people yesterday in the state of Florida hear that from President Biden and then go to Walgreens, Walmart, Rite Aid, etc. and think to themselves, 10,000 people within the path of the storm, did they immediately then go say, I've got to go get jabbed like right now? If over or under, if all of those 10,000 were in the window of being due for it now, because you know, there's a, they get them at different times. Sure. But if let's for the sake of, if they all were over, you think more than 10,000 people in Florida yesterday, if they all needed it, this is required infrastructure for their living. Aaron. Oh man. I I need to believe it's under. I have to. I need to believe. I'm it's serious under. if it's not under, if it's not 
Then I know the the Blaze is preparing the proposal for my looming contract renewal. I'm just going to save you all some time. If it's not under, I'm out. Why are they? Why I can't. Are they? I, if it's not under, I'm going to get thee to a nunnery. I'm I'm I, I'm just I, I'm wasting my time. Why are we erring on the side of sanity? When I told you before COVID, once we start believing in transgenderism, everything is on the table, and I was right. We only err on the side of in, uh, sanity because we're the actual sane ones, and we need it. We need things to be sane. You think more than ten thousand? You really, even do. though ne- needing things to be sane is actually insane. You really think more than ten thousand people thought to themselves, "I have to hurry up and go risk my life with this jab once more." Before I risk my life by not getting out in time with this hurricane. Yes. I freaking hate you. That cannot be true. It cannot be. If I'll tell you what I'll do here. One. If anybody in this audience and I need evidence, I don't not an email. You can email me, but you have to email me evidence. And it can't be just your word. All right. I mean, you've got to show me the text message from your inbox. You know what I mean? I mean, I want evidence that you know someone within the path of Hurricane Ian who hurried up and ran out and got another poisonous jab yesterday after Biden's remarks. Okay, what are you going to get one, Because this, one, Florida man, you're up because this is the easiest money you'll ever make. What do this, what does one, Florida man I need get? One, the first one that gives me the evidence. And I need, I, I need hard Zapruder film. Like I want to see the head go back and to the left, back and to the left. All right. I mean, that, I mean, I, I need Zapruder film evidence that this person exists. <laughs> all right. All right. Free autographed copy of Done. every book I'll ever write ever again. All right. I will save your mailing address. Okay, and um, starting with the Why Thanksgiving Children's book. Christmas is coming early, Florida however, man. However many books I ever write ever again, I will save your e- I will save your mailing address, and you will get autographed right out of my own personal author copy stash, and I'll send you one every time I get one. So that's at least two. And you that's, have to provide proof of the date that you received. Yeah, I mean, this. I need. I mean, I'm telling. I'm talking Zapruder film. If you know the reference, I mean here. Twelve right? eighteen p.m. Yes. Eastern time on yes. September twenty-eighth. Zapruder film levels of evidence that you can prove to me. You know one person who did this yesterday. One. I I wish there was live footage of the moment when you get the email proving it because it's going to be, you're just going to see in real time, Steve's heart just like shatter. Yes. Yes, it will. Cause the next thing that'll happen is my, is my two weeks basically. <laughs> but, and it can't be, no, they were already going to get the jab that no, like it's very odd. There's a, there must be a correlation here that equals a causation. They saw dementia Joe's remarks and said, he's right. I don't have time to board up this home. I don't have time to remove all my keepsakes and get my family free. I have to go take another mRNA jab. Stat. I need proof that one person within the path of this hurricane in Florida did this. One. And for that reason. And if that is true, then there's at least two. Who knows how many more? All right. Because... Frankly, if this proof is real, I may be so broken that this might be all for me. I, I'm dead. I, I just, I might be thinking, you know, 
I might be back to 2016 and on my knees praying to Smod, like the Cleveland Indians prayed to Joe Boo in Major League. Okay? You know what I'm saying? I might be that level of broke. Just tapped out. I'm done here. You know? And in a couple of weeks, who knows, you know, who knows who else is doing, you know, noon to two Eastern on Blaze TV. I mean, that's how much that would wreck me. So it at least give you two books to watch the wrecking of me in real time, the deconstruction of Steve Dace. Because I don't believe this person exists. I don't. They do. I don't. I just, let me rephrase that. I need to believe that this person does not exist. I need to believe this. Okay. This person doesn't exist. Okay. Um, let's talk about Nordstrom. Or Nordstrom. I do this every time. Nordstream. Nordstream. Why do I do this every time? Every time I do this. Got fine clothes on your mind? <laughs> yes. I'm wearing a Michigan hoodie. That's exactly what's on my mind. Let's talk about Nordstrom for a second. All right. So, on Friday, during the day group, you know, we did our predictions at the end of the show. I, I, my prediction was that for the first time, there is, a, there is enough mounting pressure on each side of this Habsburg dynasty family spat, right? So you have the, the Putin wing and the World Economic Forum wing of the, of the Habsburg dynasty. Like, I mean, first of all, I live in Iowa. If you live anywhere in America and are not among the American elite sector, there is no vital strategic interest for you in Ukraine. There is none. Your life has, doesn't change in any way, shape, or form because one branch of the Habsburg dynasty is in control of the Baltic vis-a-vis vis- vis- the other. Because one, one branch of the Habsburg dynasty and its oligarchs either get to continue money laundering through Ukraine or they get to strip now strip mine Ukraine of its resources. It doesn't have any bearing on your life at all. Nor should you care that um, what Putin's tyrants 20,000 miles away may be doing when the World Economic Forum has, tyrant, has 20,000 tyrants mere miles away from you. That over the last 30 months attempted to lock you down, close you out, shut you down, isolate you from civilization and your loved ones, choke you out, poison you, and that's when they were not experimenting, experimenting on you and then lying about it. Oh, and then afterwards they debased your currency and economy and wiped out literally all the economic gains you have made over the last few years as a people. So no, you should not care. Your civilization is literally at an existential brink. You don't have time to care right now. There's only bad guys here. So here are, here are the suspects. Let's, let's play Clue. All right. Or Columbo, Inspector, Clouseau. Clue what, is a great game. That's my wife's favorite game. Let, let's, some whodun- version of whodunit here. All right. So we don't have Professor Plum and Colonel Mustard, okay, and Miss Scarlet. What we have here are really three, I w- I'm not going to say exclusive suspects to the sabotage, but primary suspects. Primary. Okay, I'm going to say three primary suspects here. 
here are your three primary suspects. One is the former head of the KGB. Two is a corruptocrat front for the oligarchical despot wannabes at the World Economic Forum. So the first two suspects we've named are Putin and Zelensky, Ukraine. Okay? Got it. Your third suspect is a country that at the very least actively engaged whether knowingly or unknowingly in the aiding and abetting of the creation of a Chinese bioweapon that was then unleashed upon the planet that killed millions of people installed policies that were claims of mitigating against said virus that killed hundreds of thousands more of its own people then was the tip of the spear um, in launching the experimental poisonous program of jabs that spread throughout the world and I believe have killed hundreds of thousands if not a couple million more on top of the hundreds of thousands a couple of million that it didn't give myocarditis, pericarditis, stillborn births, neurological damage, uh, et cetera, too, okay? And then, and then turned around and actively worked while lying to its people the whole time about its involvement in the creation of said virus and then about the effectiveness of the alleged mitigation efforts that ensued. Then turned around and self-immolated the economy and the standard of living of said people. Do you know who that primary suspect is? Are we the baddies? The United States of America. Those are your three suspects. Those are your three prime suspects. So in the case of Putin, what's his motivation? I mean, he's already... I keep seeing people, people whose opinions, by the way, I respect. Uh, there's no motivation for Putin to shut down his own pipeline. Really? First of all, he's already held energy over the heads of these European countries. Have we not been talking about the, get, the spigot that's been shut off for France and Germany? We've been talking about this for weeks, right? Mm -hmm. There's energy alerts in this country, these countries already because they didn't heed Trump's warning in 2017 that they're too beholden to Putin for their energy, right? Mm -hmm. So they're pressuring him right now. To get out of Ukraine. Of course there is. I don't think Putin gives a rip about his own people. Of course there is an incentive for Putin to sabotage the pipeline. Because he can then say they did it. Make it look like they did it. Or his enemies did it. Or Ukraine did it. And that gives him more leverage to go back to the Shycoms and say, you got to give me some more rope here to extend this war. I mean, that doesn't sound KGB. I don't know what the hell does. Do we, do we forget what the KGB used to be? Now you have, the, of course, you have an obvious motivation. Now, I kind of think that if Russia was capable, if Putin was that capable of that level of skullduggery, this damn Ukraine war would have been over like four months ago, on the other hand. You know what I'm saying? But the idea that he has no motivation, I don't agree with that. And I think I just made, out a, made a pretty good case that he does. 
The, the, the motivations of Ukraine are obvious. What's not so obvious is the motivations of the United States. Unless, like, this hurts our own allies. If you think it hurts Russia, it hurts our own allies on the WEF side of the Habsburg dynasty. It's a killer to them. I mean, it's a killer to them from an energy supply standpoint. Unless your country has been demonically taken over and this this was a nihilistic move in order to cattle prod all of us into World War III, which would be the ultimate depopulation scheme. Thoughts and tell me what angle here I'm missing if, as, as we look at our preliminary investigation and analysis of the obvious suspects here. I really don't think that Russia... Now, you, it's an interesting case you make, but I, I, I don't see if you are um, an autocrat like Vladimir Putin, you're playing the long game, are you not? I mean, he's already proven, he's already showed that he's willing to do the old Soviet-style just battle of attrition with Ukraine. I don't see if your long game is, hey, these guys have to buy gas from me eventually, why you would blow up your own pipeline. You can just turn it off. You can just turn it off. Why go to the trouble of blowing it up? You can all, I mean, what point, what, what more? To frame it and make it look like the other side did that and you're not the bad guy. To put it on them. I, I think he can already do that. I think he can already do that through propaganda. I, I don't really see why you would want to. What's want better to propaganda this. than sabotaging your own system? Why would you go through with it if you can just say it happened? Because this is even better evidence. What do you think, Todd? Are we the baddies? Possibly. You know, buying or selling a home can be a stressful moment in your life. One of the most stressful ones, in fact, even in the best of economies, but especially in these unprecedented times Bing. it is more necessary than ever before to make sure you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust and that's why we partner here on the show with real estate agents i trust.com they work with only the best agents in every market they do their homework vetting every agent before inviting them to join and that's why they've got a waiting list of thousands of agents around the country that are waiting to get included because they don't just take anybody they make sure they've got a proven long-term track record of success. So here's how it works. You go to realestateagentsitrust.com, provide some basic info, and then our team there will make the introduction to one of their recommended preferred agents. Chances are that agent could come from this very audience, so you'll be comforted in knowing they share your values. And they can help you almost anywhere you want to go or get away from when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Okay, um... There's a fourth suspect here where the Nord Stream sabotage is concerned. Now, I, I think for this fourth for this fourth suspect to have pulled something like this off, you have to accept that, well, we are living in unprecedented times. <laughs> That's what you have to accept. 
Okay, uh, the three previous, the three most obvious suspects. are things that still exist within, even though they might be fully corrupted, but within a traditional political paradigm that is not abnormal throughout history. Okay? Correct me if I'm wrong, when Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated in what was the powder keg moment leading to World War I, wasn't that done by, wasn't it done by Serbian Marxists? Yeah, it was down there, yeah. In that. Communists yeah. that did that? Okay. Here's a potential fourth suspect here. Eco-terrorists. So the U.S. <laughs> I, I repeat myself. Uh, apologies to the Department of Redundancy and Redundancy Department. No, I mean like an actual brand of militarized <clears throat> eco-terrorists that think the governments of the world haven't gone Malthusian enough. And that uh, this is pollution of the oceans, having these natural gas pipelines right out there in the, in the, in the oceans, or they're just a demonic movement that is specifically attempting to stoke this level and and provoke a, an Archduke Ferdinand kind of a moment with much with even bigger stakes than the tens of millions that were killed during World War One. Save the planet by stoking a nuclear war. Yeah. That's a level of cognitive distance that can only be explained by demon, uh, demonic forces. Yes. Um, uh, mandate a vaccine that does not work. Yeah. That doesn't stop the spread. Um, make everybody stay home when the number one place that a vi the virus is spread is at home and not go outside or work out when the number one pre-existing condition other than just being, you know, aged and infirmed um, and not allow anybody to live an active lifestyle. The number one pre-existing -con condition to dying of COVID was what? Obesity. I mean, how many of these things have we seen that were completely counter to everything that they said they wanted to do or we thought we knew, right? So yeah, too many people. This is this is the ultimate. World War Three would be the ultimate depopulation scheme. I mean, goodness sakes, how many movies have been made in the last ten years with this kind of a plot line? That's the the Godzilla King Kong movies that are made out right now. That's an eco terrorist group. What's the the Kingsman movie? Oh yeah, that was an eco terrorist group. I could see that being a potential suspect. I think crucial to this in discerning which is which is your assessment or reading of the tea leaves that the time may have been at hand for Putin to be pulling back. Mm -hmm. I think that's the number one. Th is that true or not? Because I think that would clear a lot of things up about motivation. The reality of where this thing is right. going. And, and to reset that, I don't know that I finished that point. The prediction I made last Friday is that for the first time since Putin invaded Ukraine, there is equal leverage on each side to make this go away. That, that Putin is exhausting the patience of the, of the Chinese. Um, 
I think they made that pretty obvious in their most recent meeting. And on the other hand, winter is coming for the EU and they're already facing rationings and, and, you know, unprecedented energy alerts sitting here in late September. What are things going to look like in late December? Right. And so now, you know, okay, it was fun while it lasted, but we've got to figure out a way. How are we going to save face here and make this thing? Okay. You keep the, you keep the pipelines going. We'll let you keep the Russian speaking territory that you've already taken. And we'll all just, and whatever's left of Ukraine, we're remembering some kind of sovereign nation that we will continue to funnel our pedal our and funnel our wares through. And you've got a victory to go back there and uh, pimp to your people. But, uh, yeah, we've all got to move on to the rest of our agendas here. We can't continue this on through the winter. It's devastating to both of our agendas. That was my prediction on Friday, right? Well, if there are, shall we say, nefarious third-party elements here that are recognizing, that's what I think you're alluding to, yeah. that we might be coming to that mutual assured destruction moment where both sides are like, we both got a blank now. We both just got to take what yeah. we can get and walk away. One way to make sure that right. they don't do that is to do this. Right. Because now the pipeline is shot, maybe can never be repaired or will, or certainly won't be repaired in time for winter, like you and I were discussing yeah. this, you know, during the break, Aaron. And now you've and now and now you have steeled Putin's resolve to say, hey, you, you, you know, you're taking away some of my own people's energy, but even more so my economic leverage over these people after this thing is over. Right. On the spot, how would you power rank the four options? Uh, that's a great question. Here's how I would power rank them. Number one, I would rank some form of demonically inspired third party element, whether it takes the form of eco-terrorism or some other thing that wants, that is afraid that this thing will not spill over into what they hoped it would and is doing what it can to maintain that conflict. In fact, I would rank that number one all by itself. All by itself. I would rank the United States actually number two. Because here's why. It's just as likely the U.S. is responsible for this out of incompetence as it is malfeasance. Like both, like it could have, it could have had a hand in this in either one of those ways. And you already have the commander in chief of the United States on camera basically going in advance, OJ, if I did it. That's the clip you played, mm -hmm. right? Number three, I would actually rank Putin. And number four, I would rank Zelensky because the same thing applies to Zelensky that I said about Putin. If Zelensky was capable of this, why didn't he do this in June? Why do it now? But I think the odds are overwhelming in my view, just my analysis. And a lot of that is clouded, as, as you pointed out, Todd, by my big picture view of the world right now. I think a lot of the, I think the highest likelihood is that this is some form of an insurgent group that wants to make a political statement in some way, shape, or form. Like the communists in Serbia in 1914. Any thoughts? I, I would flip number one and number two. I like the, I like the case you made for a third-party eco-terrorist demonically motivated group. That's a very good case, and I think it's a close second. But I don't, it boggles the mind, and we are in unprecedented times. Dang. It boggles the mind that a group like that would have the technology 
to basically dive to the bottom of the Baltic Sea, mm-hmm. have I explosives know. that would cause a 2.3 magnitude earthquake or I know. the equivalent of. I know. But then again, we live in an unprecedented times. That so, so and, essentially, and this, I'm saying that they are they're the new Eco Health Alliance. Is what I'm essentially saying. It's funny you bring that up because that's what I was just about to say. A country like the United States capable of funding EcoHealth Alliance, of of doing gain-of-function research. I mean, we're the ones, we are as, as, as responsible as China, if it is the case that it is a lab leak or biological re- weapon. I agree. We are as culpable as China in the release of this virus. I, I sadly, sadly agree with that and have agreed with that for quite some time, actually. All right, let's get to some buy, sell, or Lindsay. I need to cheer up, so let's talk about Bill Bar for a second. I actually, someone suggested this in my inbox, and I sent off an email, and we'll see if Bill Bar will agree to it. And no, Todd, I know what you're going to say. This is just an attempt for me to get them to give me even more free bars. Not that I'm opposed to that, okay? Handing out Bill Bars for trick-or-treaters this year. What do you think? I mean, what, what would the reaction be of parents if we just gave their kids, when they come to our front door this later this month or next month, fully wrapped protein bars? What hmm. do you think parents would say? Uh, I, I'm not, you'd think they'd be automatically... I don't know, but I'm, I mean, I, I think they're good enough. I've said for years... That they taste like candy. They're, yes. they're, they're as good as most of the candy bars. Let's put that to the test, man. Let's hand them out to the kids yeah. on, on Beggar's Night. I I have no problem with it. They're, they are that good, particularly the chocolate chip cookie dough puff, the mud pie puffs. Some of those flavors are absolutely incredible. You can get to the best protein bar that's ever been made right now for 15% off when you go to built.com B-U-I-L-T for Built Bar all of them covered in real chocolate loaded with protein not loaded with carbs calories and grams of sugar you will not believe what you can get in terms of um, satisfying your sweet tooth for 130 to 150 calories you won't believe it built.com B-U-I-L-T is where you want to go use the promo code DACE at checkout to get 15% off here's the rules of buy seller Lindsay Todd Aaron will throw at uh, the, of course, great assistance of this audience, you and I's way, series of predictions, list, propositions, prophecies, etc. No subject is off limits. You and I will decide, are we going to buy that? Are we going to sell that? Once per episode, we are permitted to put a Lindsay on it and hold because we just think it, it's beneath even our mediocre and fair to midland intellects. However, if we hold for any reason other than that, just because we're, we're, we're too afraid to take a position then you have punked out, you have violated the dude code, and your penalty is that you will be carnally held by the one and only Lindsey Graham. That is the penalty for punking out. Okay, let's go. We will begin with Jacob Kwasny, who says, if Republicans win the House, the only, albeit very small, chance we have that McCarthy does not cave on budget fights is that he knows Trump could easily replace him as Speaker. So, I'm selling too. I, I will buy that if you're making that as an analysis. If you're if you're telling me that Trump will make that pressure known, then I, 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 you know what my position is on anything you ask me to do about Trump will do in the future, sell. I, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm out of the Trump prediction business. I don't know. Um, but why would we believe anything that says Trump could easily? I, I, what? Have we, have we uh, stepped on that rake a hundred times before? 
I actually believe this analysis. I think if Trump put his thumb on the scale, now you may not like the option, but at least at least Stefanik would be speaker in five seconds or somebody like that, that he absolutely has that level of leverage. I absolutely believe that. We just saw it in the primaries. I mean, really, the only guy, the only people that we liked that won were the people that Trump helped, right? And the people that he didn't didn't. But so, chicken or egg? Did that happen because he helped, or is this where yes. Trump got on? Yes, see, yeah. yes, yes is the answer. The reality is Oz does not win that primary without Trump. Carrie Lake does not win that primary without Trump. Blake Masters, we don't even know what a Blake Masters is without Trump. J.D. Vance absolutely doesn't win that primary without Trump. So are there yeah. others where he likely endorsed somebody who wasn't great because he saw they were going to win and he wanted to rack up a W? Yeah. Well, it's Donald Trump, man. So you always, you, you have to, the reality is when he's your general, you know, if, when Ulysses Grant is your general, you're going to have to take the disheveled and disheveled look and the smell of cheap cigars and bourbon on the breath at, at 6 a.m. That's just part of the package oh, deal. Okay. I'd, I'd die for that deal. <laughs> All right. If Trump is your general, the level of, you know, how can I rack up wins to feed my ego narcissism? That's just part of the package, man. Just accept that's the cost of doing business. It is what it is. So, yeah. You remember it, the great line of uh, Lincoln about uh, U.S. Grant? Two words. He fights. Can't say that about Donald. Not as often. This is, again, the trouble. He does fight. Not as often as we mm-hmm. need. Far more than almost anybody else we've ever, we've, ever gone, we've ever turned to has. So this is the, lo- the, the loop we're in that we can't get out of, man. I love that. Okay. <laughs> That's that was Steve. like... A professional communicator for years, crafting yeah. reasoned arguments, and he just was like, like Trump a, broke him and lied to you. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I've never, there, there, I've never seen an individual that, and and when I say criticisms, I'm not talking the uh, you know Russian P tape stuff. Right. Okay, I've never seen an individual that both uh, the reasoned criticism and the most enthusiastic support of are simultaneously true. I've never seen anything like it, ever. Moving on, James Wick says by the end of the fourth quarter, <laughs> the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported inflation will be at 10%. The Dow Jones will be a, a below 25,000, and 30-year fixed average interest rate will be above 8%. Um, by what was the first part? By end the, the end of the fourth quarter. quarter. The only reason I would sell is I think that's too early. But I, when, I think, when, I, when I'm telling you I think it's too early, <clears throat> I mean like... That'll be the first quarter of next year. Okay. okay. You know, so I'll buy. I'll buy as well. Yeah. Next, Sean Griffith says. Can I make an analogy sure. really quick before we go to Sean? And in fact, let's have this be the final comment of the hour. Sure. So we give Sean his due. Could the could the could Biden well, Biden, Kamala, could that White House do here with the economy what the Bush White House did with Fallujah? After the election is over. All right. You know. They essentially finally sent in the, the ass kickers to clean out the termites of the Anbar province, right? All right. Yeah. Could they finally just say, we're going to stop propping this thing up? The election's over. We already lost. You know, we got any shot to win in 24, no matter who our nominee is. We got to take our medicine right now in 2023. Yeah. And could they just take and, and sit there and say, well, we're going to let this thing kind of run its course now and stop trying to pump it up artificially, inseminate it. This has everything and feel to do the pain with the conversation now. we just had. Who's really wanting the White House? Yeah. True. But I wonder if you could see that. 
with the economy now with these people, like what we saw with Fallujah 20 years ago in the Bush administration. More buy, seller, hold is next. All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can take advantage of by emailing the show, Steve, at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. Look for clips of the show that are free to watch, free of any censorship, when you head over to Rumble.com slash Show. And again, it's D-E-A-C-E if you don't remember how to spell the last name. That's why I like to remind you every now and then. And if you are a podcast listener, thank you very much. Please uh, show your appreciation for the show by leaving us a five-star review, hitting subscribe and or follow. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. We greatly appreciate each and every one. We also appreciate our friends over at Eden Pure who sponsor this portion of the show. It's the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. I've had numerous notes from people in the audience who have tried this on rooms where they've shampooed the carpets after potty training puppies a million times, couldn't get rid of the odor, now it's gone. Uh, smelly feet in the home, smoking in the home. Uh, a lot of you have emailed me uh, that have said, hey, we tried this out, we were skeptical, and it worked. I was skeptical. That's why I tried it out for poker night. I tried it out in my son's uh, bedroom. And uh, this thing is a wonder. Now, I don't know exactly how it works. It's filterless. You don't have to replace the filter. Don't worry. I mean, I asked when I met the client. I did ask. I just, they gave me an answer and it was beyond my capability to understand. So here's what I can tell you. I tested it in my own home and it works. Several of you have tested in your homes. They work as well. If you want to try it today, get the three pack for under 200 bucks when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code STEVE3, as in the three-pack code STEVE3. They'll throw in free shipping as well. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code STEVE3 for free shipping and three and under 200 bucks for all three units. All right, let's get back to part two of Buy, Seller, Lindsay. Aaron? We will begin with Sean Griffiths, who says, there will be no revival until we have been sufficiently humbled. We can choose to be humble or we can be made to be humble, but the humbling must come first. Bye. Bye. Um, I think in the past, I've looked at history of what revivals and these things look like, and there's a formula, not always, but uh, repentance plus reformation equals revival. And in this case, I mean reformation with a small r. I'm not speaking of a specific event uh, or even a, a specific um a specific doctrine, because even in Protestant circles, we would not agree on what that doctrine would be. All right. What I mean by reformation would be returning to the worship and honor and reverence and preaching of God and his word that he is worthy of, not that we are willing to offer. That's what I mean by that. All right. So repentance plus reformation has equaled revival. And sometimes that happens by revival from above. Sometimes it just happens because that's the fruit of such an activity, right? I mean, um, which also happens from above, but I think you know what I mean by that, yeah. okay? Like, in that case, revival is not a, sometimes, yeah. let me use the word revival, like I did Reformation. Sometimes revival is a specific event, capital R, like, you know, um, the, the Great Awakenings, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes revival is is the result of doing those things. You see revival yeah. in our hearts, revival in our homes, revival in our churches from doing those things. That that it's a result, it's a byproduct and not necessarily a specific heaven sent event of historical proportions at that moment. This is really important what Steve said to understand because there's another stupid article by David French going around about how Jesus isn't the center of many evangelical churches, but morality is. Well, listen, and I can, hey, Jesus not being the center of evangelical churches, that's certainly possible. And that was part of my theme back pre-2016 when I was talking about roll tide evangelicalism. But that Jesus is in the center because morality is too yeah, that's involved. Just, that's <laughs> insane because you can Jesus makes no sense. Period. End of sense. He does not make any sense. I mean, if if you're if you secular think he was just a nice swell dude, okay, then fine. But from our perspective, a cosmic, eternal, defining everything perspective unless you understand that you're a sinner i.e deeply immoral to your core Mm -hmm. jesus doesn't make sense david french no there's no need for a savior have there been eras in the past where the church has has put moral restraints upon the people beyond what god has explicitly called for Yes. yes because we're sinners because we're sinners but if you think that the church, of, that the Christian church in America today is doing way too much moral preening, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what reality, I mean, then you think masks work and the jab stops then the spread of the virus. Then you think drag queen story hour is I mean, a blessing I, yeah. of liberty. Clown. I mean. What a clown. That, that's, that's, that's a good word for it and a good place to leave it at, yeah. Next up, we go to Joseph Crino, who says uh, Mount Rushmore of greatest college football coaches. Frank Leahy, Woody Hayes, Tom Osborne, Nick Saban. All right, so leave that list up there for a second. Um, Saban's an absolute, correct? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, absolute. Bear Bryant is an absolute. Absolutely has to be on the list. And he's not on the list, right? I don't know that I think any of the other three, like I'm okay if they're on your list, but I don't think any of the other three are gotta haves. Like I understand the the addition of Leahy. He technically had a better record than Newt Rockney, but from being one of the first players to bring the forward pass into the sport to the landmark series with USC taking the sport to the West Coast with transatlantic rivalries from when one for the, you're talking about I mean guys I mean he's the uh, Vince Lombardi Casey Stengel of the first half you know John McNamara wasn't that the manager of the great old Philadelphia A's from the back yeah, yeah okay I think so he's that level of figure in the first half century of the sport. Like he is, he, he made it pop culture chic. He was, he was more than a football coach in America. Newt Rockney was. So I understand if you're just looking at record, Leahy has one of the greatest resumes of all time, but I'm not even sure he's the Notre Dame coach that should be on the list. Bear Bryant absolutely has to be on the list. 
absolutely has to be on the list. So already someone has to go. And that's before we get into guys like Amos Alonzo Stag, you know, that like basically helped invent the game. One okay. guy that I, I know you, you'll know who he is, but I mean, other than the name I knew, but I, I just a couple of weeks ago, I can't believe I even was watching this because normally I don't have the time. I think something got canceled as I'm sitting around. The SEC Network had a history of SEC football. Have yeah, you I've seen watched this? some of that before. Yeah. General Neyland, Neyland. in Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee was Bear yeah. Bryant before, before Bear there was Bryant. Bear Bryant. I, I, I was agree. amazed at that history. Yeah. So I'm going to sell on your list because it's not that the all the other names on there are terrible. Like every one of those names, if we did a top 10 coaches of all time, would yes. probably be somewhere in the top 10. So you're at least hovering around the target, but you can't come at me with a with a, um, a, a, a Mount Rushmore of college football coaches cool. and Bear Bryant, who is arguably... This, the greatest coach in the history of the sport is not on your mountain. You know Rushmore. what I think? I think the best football team that defines college football, period, is that Tom Orsburn led Tommy Frazier in Nebraska. It's just the way, the different kind of offense. But just within the same era, is Tom Osborne clearly above Barry Switzer on that list? No. No. In fact, Barry Switzer was the better coach head-to-head against him. Yeah. Exactly. So, no. Next, we go to Philip Harvey, who says, we're going to have to start using baseball-style statistics to justify voting for Republicans. Well, Ted Cruz has an, uh, an 850 average in October against gun control legislation on even-numbered days when the temperature is above 75 on floor votes in the afternoon. This is yeah. phenomenal analysis. Like, and it's kind I, of I, actually- hate, I hate to do this because it's going to give every Team GOP cultist the ammo they're looking for. But I'm going to do it anyway, because it's it, it, it's Philip's point. What Philip is essentially saying is that you're going to have to vote now on war. Wins against replacement. Wins against replacement. <laughs> that's what, that's what, isn't that what he's saying? Yeah. That, that war is the new metric. <laughs> that it's, that you have to, that you have to vote on that um, analytically. And that's that's going to give every team GOP shill whore fluffer duty, um, I mean prostitute but, of which there are legion in this business. But what's a that, win? That's going to. But that's that's. I'm kind of now surprised. Maybe they haven't been making this argument yeah. all along. But isn't hey, that take the that argument? Pen. Can you please stick that in my eye right now? <laughs> Dear God. Since I know they hate me and won't listen to this show. Maybe I didn't I didn't help them by saying that out loud. But I mean I, I could dude. Heritage Foundation War. Heritage Foundation presents <laughs> wins against replacement. How to vote this November and every November. Yes. Burn it with fire. Yes. For every California and New York legislator, it's like a nine fifty war or whatever. I don't even yes, know. How. Yes, yes. Uh vote victory says end all volunteer military. Draft both sexes with zero deferments. Never be in another pointless uh, war lost to goat herders still mystified by palming if children of bankers, journalists, professors, politicians, and other socio-cultural elites cannot avoid fighting in it. I understand the sentiment. And I share it. I, I just think the drafting of women is beyond immoral. There's a special level of vagrancy and barbarism that not even the pagan kingdoms of old would have considered. And so I have to sell. I, sh- I understand the spirit of what you're saying, brother, and I'm feeling you. But I remember what I said a few days ago. 
I am prepared to do anything to beat these people other than violate the word of God. Right? Yeah. That's my marker. Yeah. Anything other than violating the word of God, I don't care about yeah. your traditions. I don't care about your norms. I don't care about your polites and impolites. I don't care about your pearl clutches. I don't care about your chest grabs. I don't care about your can evens. I don't care. I'm full on Phil Collins. I don't care any mo wo mode. But I cannot violate the laws of nature and nature's God. I can't do that to uphold the laws of nature and nature's God. And the drafting of women is a clear violation of those laws. Even though I share your sentiment, I cannot do that. Also, you're, you are relying on something that we've talked a lot about on this show, and understandably so, because all three of us have battled at it, with it at different times, certainly during COVID. You're, you're saying a certain form of common sense is going to kick in. Well, remember how woke this military already is. Remember already how another government entity, public schools, is just taking your children hostage on a mm -hmm. daily basis and people watch. I just don't accept your premise that once all of that happens, that people are finally going to say, no, here and no further. I just don't believe that anymore. In other words, they might decide that they and their children are essential and yours are non-essential, like you know your businesses mm, were. Correct. They, I, they, yeah. or they. I don't think this will go the way that. You or, or, yeah, they, or they, or yes, or they might decide. You know, um, it's our people that are handpicked. Um, they get to go into the officer corps. You guys, who aren't as, who aren't on the in crowd. Yeah. You guys are on the front lines. Okay, um, you guys die first. You're the pawns here. There are moms racing to have their own children mutilated. There's another way we can have them mutilated. What's the difference? Next, Joshua Meadows says there will be a new pope by the end of 2023. I'll let you answer uh, this first. I, by the end of 2023? Oh, yeah. I think I'll, I'll buy. I mean, obviously, retirement is... He's willing to do that. He is increasingly in poor um, mobility health. So I think... I think this is a fair bet so we've talked about this before is it saint malachi who's the guy that has the prophecy of the popes well there is yeah okay and that this is the last one in his line if i oh. remember correctly okay that this is the last one um let me see if i can find it here really quick um this goes back to the 16th century. It's uh, most scholars consider the document uh, an elaborate hoax. So, well, I've seen that enough. Um, Benedictine monk, um, prophecy of the popes. I'm looking at it right now. But if I remember right from that prophecy, this is the last pope in that prophecy. Yeah, there's one right here. So is Pope Francis destined to be? Okay. Alive? All right. So. What's your answer? I, I was I was looking that well, up. Just that he specifically is not Pope at, and what basically a year and a half from now. I think there's fair to middling odds that that happens. Okay, all right. I'll I'll defer to you on this. That that's your home team. So whatever he said, I'm in. And sadly, sadly, the only reason he might not, at least from a retirement perspective, is to hold off. Uh, the Catholic version of what we're seeing uh, in Arizona and Sweden and Italy 
because I'll tell you what, there are some African um, archbishops that are, whoa, Nelly, would that thing change quickly? Mm-hmm. Uh, son of two, a drip of Iowa, 3-0 says, <laughs> the Miami, the Miami what a name. Dolphins are legit Super Bowl contenders after a gritty win against heavy favorites in the Buffalo Bills and coming back in spectacular fashion against a great Ravens team. I, I buy, I agree with this. I mean, I, I think you're talking about one of the five most talented rosters in the league, certainly, and one of the fastest offensive rosters we've ever seen in NFL history. Better but version I, of the Bengals of last year, I Yeah, think. but here's what I like. You used the right word there with Buffalo. Like, if if that game, it's not that it still wouldn't be a big win, but if, if, if it was 40-35 and Buffalo had a big lead and wilted in the heat in Miami in September at the end, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what was it, like 17-14 or yeah, something like that? Yeah, you yeah, I mean, you you beat them in a mosh pit, right? And so the previous week, you beat the Ravens, you know, one of the austere franchises in the AFC. You beat them with a great comeback in a shootout. The next week, you beat the Bills, probably the best team in the NFL. You beat them in a mosh pit. I agree. I, I agree that you are a Super Bowl contender right now. Here's what I would say, though. It is early. And yeah. and there's probably, out of, out of, think of, there's maybe there's 14 or 15 quarterbacks in the NFL that if the roster's good enough, you can get you can get to or win a Super Bowl with. Okay, how many of those 14 or 15 quarterbacks have backups that you don't think if that quarterback goes out for the year, the team is essentially done? None of them is the answer. None of them is the answer. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's the one thing to think about. Every 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 one of those teams and Miami's in that group. Every one of those teams is one knee, one broken hand, one wrist away from going seven and ten, okay? Because the backup is nowhere near as capable. I will narrowly, narrowly buy because not all, in, the, in week one, I believe they beat the Patriots, didn't they? Yes. Which yeah. is, you know, you're getting over the, regardless of whether. But keep Tom, in mind, I, he may not, be, New England may not be good, but Bill Belichick had nine months to prepare. Yeah, yeah. Well, not nine, because they found out in May. So Bill Belichick had three or four months to prepare for that game, and you still beat him. He almost but, never beat Belichick in that but scenario. The, the Bill, so three and all against those teams, but the Bills win in particular it is less com- they, they are dealing with uh, a, a few uh, injuries and also the bills absolutely rolled them statistically now you you hang in you you fight you die, so i'm not taking the win away from them but they were dominated in a lot of fronts and uh you know the bills for whatever reason just could not uh, turn that into points so it's just way too early for this team to say that suddenly they got the bills wrong and the, the the dolphins are really the juggernaut. I mean, everybody, you were telling us, I you followed us saying the bells were everybody Vegas wise, right? Mm-hmm. I but and they still looked like it statistically. They just didn't get the points. So everybody's got to slow down a little bit on the dolphins. But I'll buy narrowly. One thing that I think hurts Miami is of all the team of all the places that you would want to go play in January on the road in a, in a playoff game. Wouldn't that be number one? Like, who wouldn't mind going in January and playing in 50, 60, 75 degree weather? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's why Miami has gotten off to great September starts actually quite frequently because the heat of the home field is their advantage right now. The later and later we get into the year, I mean, I don't know. If you're the Bengals, you're like, 
sure, I'd rather play at home, but Joe Burrow probably is like, I don't mind going down and slinging on a you know on a fast track to all my to T. Martin and Jamar Chase and all these receivers I've got. I've got no problem on having them down there in perfect weather. You see what I'm saying? I think that's yeah. a big disadvantage. And also the psychology. This is a huge thing at every level of sport. The psychology of the helmet. No one in these three games was preparing for the Dolphins. Like, oh my God, it's the Dolphins and Tua. But they're going to start pretty soon. And that's Mm. a different level of preparation. That's a different level of hitting. That's a different like, oh no, I know you little brother. Because the Dolphins, listen, the Dolphins we grew up with, Steve, have not been those Dolphins for a very, very, very long time. They've just been a redheaded stepchild. And there's a bunch of teams that are going to think, oh, okay, you're uppity and you're 3-0. Now I'm going to beat you. They've got to live up to that first. Yeah, agreed. Yesterday, there was an Aaron McIntyre imposter in the uh, live Blaze TV chat. So today, I actually sent out a message saying, hey, this is the real Aaron. This is just a couple of minutes ago. This is the real Aaron. If somebody has a really good buy, sell, hold submission, I'll read it on the air in the next 10 minutes. Just keeping an eye out for the imposter. And here's the response. Everybody's ignored me. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Tweet Madness says, before 2025, Congress will pass a bill offering two-for-one conversion physical dollars to digital dollars and pass a sales tax on usage of physical dollars. Uh, I will sell because you, again, don't make the compound sale, man. Don't do it. In general, whenever you guys do this, you get whenever you guys give me compound propositions, you're like most double albums, like almost like every double album. And I don't care if it's the White Album, it's The Wall, Melancholy, and The Infinite Sadness. These albums are always okay as double albums. They are all timers if they were all just one album, because half the songs on there can be just thrown away. Okay, it's always better as one, always, than two. I completely buy into the pop- the possibility of the first one. The second one, I think that's going too far. There'd be so many, you have so many constitutional challenges on that. Trump's appointed so many federal judges that at least one of them would instantaneously put an injunction on that and violation of equal protection under the law and all kinds of other things. The second one goes too far, in my view, so I will sell. If you had left it at the first one, I would have said, brilliant, I'll buy. I'm sell. Congress isn't going to do this. It's going to be an executive order. (laughs) Nice. Nice. He's right, too. Nice. Uh, we are all V says there's no amount of data that can be presented that would change 40 plus percent of the nation's mind about the shots. Feelings don't care about your facts. Most people would sooner literally die than admit they were wrong. Bye. Bye. They've just voted Democrats. They all think it should be mandatory. They just said this. I watched a clip last night of Bill Maher going off on historical revisionism and with wokeism. And, but here's the, here's the thing, here's the reason I kept watching. He spent most of the clip talking about how human nature is not basically yeah, good. I've seen the clip. Yeah. Who is this? Mar. Yeah. Oh. Help me understand. How you come to that conclusion. How, cause he call he continues to call himself a, um, uh, a debauched dope smoking libertine, right? Yeah. How do you go from human nature is not basically good to I'm a libertine. Let people therefore let human nature do whatever it wants. How do you make right now every Calvinist listening is saying that's why that's a great argument for election, Steve. You can't reason with total depravity. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but how do you intellectually 
how do you come up with those two things? You want to talk about self-refutation. Those two things just can't coexist on any level. I, I, human nature is not basically good. Human beings are terrible, can't be trusted. Human nature is bad. We're, the, we're, we're terrible to each other. These are all things that he said in this rant that I watched last night. And yet, and yet, I'm a lifelong liberal that believes the government ought to let people do basically whatever they want. Uh, Come Reconcile those things. Well, he doesn't have the same version of what it means to be bad as you do. I think if you mine down on it and... You would end up winning by mining down with it because I think he would have to appreciate more specifically what he's saying. But he, I think to him, bad means people are stupid and they're just not. A, so did, there's an but elitism. He, but he also there. talked about cruelty and harshness, yeah, like he went all through the history of the slave trade and everything else. I mean, he was he talking did. about morality, not just ignorance. But he, I mean, he made specific moral arguments. But it's not. Original sin morality. I mean, we know. Even though that's essentially what he was. He was. Well, he's, he was, he's knocking at the door. Of course, you're right. But he's not. You know, that's what he believes. It's not. Of course, I know that's what he believes. Cosmic. I just, that's not possible to philosophically Correct. equivalent. You cannot Correct. hold both of those views and be sane at the exact same time. I mean, how in the world? No one becomes a liberal because they believe human nature is not basically good. But because it is. That's why See, they do he, that. He is having. He may not have. But this is where somebody that we love and read stories to that uh, for our children. Mm-hmm. This is where C.S. Lewis once was. Mm-hmm. He's com- he's coming up against now. We're all he before it was peripheral. Blah blah blah. He's coming up the great questions of humanity now. What he does with them, I don't know. But yeah, you are absolutely right. He can't reconcile them. Will he choose to try though? And every Calvinist in the audience says yes, he will. All right, let's continue. All right. Next. Gary Rasmussen Jr. says Deadpool 3 will be in the top five, maybe top three of Marvel Cinematic Universe's biggest moneymakers. Sell, because it's going to be rated R. That limits the audience already. Right. You're all time? Like top five all time? That's what we're saying? Yeah, I think Is, that's Are what it any means. of the other two all time? Because no, that's no, I don't think, has, has Disney even ever pres- done a rated R film? I don't think so. I don't think they've ever produced know. one in the history of the studio, at least not one that I can recall off the top of the head. So Sell. So. Next, Infrared41 says he's got a top 10 best live college football mascots in no particular order. So they just have to be on the top 10. Okay. Uh, Bevo in Texas. Live as in these are live beings. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Oh, that's an obvious one. Bye. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike yep. the Tiger. I didn't realize LSU had a real live tiger. Yeah, absolutely. They have a real Bayou Bengal. Yes. Cool. Bye. Uh, Smokey in Tennessee. Bye. Is that a, is it is a, that bear? a dog? It's a, it's a dog. Oh, it's a dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. It's a dog. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, UGA, uh, well, Georgia. Uga, so, Uga, I'm sorry. Uga, yeah. I hear of it. Of course. Um, yeah, that's an obvious one. I did not know Navy had Bill the Goat. I did, and I just forgot. So I'm in. Okay. Sure. Auburn, War uh, Eagle. War Eagle's sure. a classic. Yeah. You bet. These are all classic. Ralphie in uh, Colorado. The when the, when Colorado was good, like the Darian Hagen. Oh, man, that you was You know, awesome. Eric Bieniemy days. I saw it in person. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, USC, Traveler. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah, North Carolina, Ramses. Is it, is it an actual billy goat, like horns and all I don't that? Know. It, yeah. Ramses, USC. I'm going to say no on that one because there's we an obvious one. one that's not on the list. I'll, 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 oh, no, it is on the list. Oh, there it is. It's last. Okay. Florida State, Renegade. Yeah. I, uh, yes. Yeah, Are that's, we missing anything? That's with Chief Osceola when they spike the arrow. Yeah, midfield. very cool. Yeah. yeah. I thought that one was missing. I didn't know it was next. So. Top, top four. And, and I'll start with this. I, I, Bevo, uh, Ralphie. War Eagle, 
and Renegade. Four will be tough. I think Bevo is an obvious one. Leave that list up there so I can see again. Bevo is, a, is an automatic. I think Ugga is an automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Ugga is. War Eagle is tough to leave off. Traveler is tough to leave off. Renegade's tough to leave off. So that's five. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not sure which of those three to leave off, but in my view, Ugga and Bevo are aren't automatics. Tra- aren't Traveler and, and um, Renegade kind of basically the, the, same. the same thing? Yeah. Can I mean, we one's put them a, together? Because one, one's a, you know, is a picture of Greco history, and the yeah. other one's a picture of Native American history. Yes. When we do a top 10 uh, best fight songs, USC has to be number one, in my opinion. Somebody better put a list together. Top fight songs for uh, colleges. Uh, Drip 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 says. Yeah, at, at best, it would be number three. No. At best, it's, number three. Dude, it is It is completely, dude, it is completely unique. You sound, it sounds like you're actually in, I don't know, a Roman Colosseum. I mean, tell me a different, I mean, I, I get Michigan's is great, Ohio State's. Actually, Michigan's nah. is the most unique because it was like the very first one and it was done by, it was written by John Phillips, the march by John Philip Sousa, the great is. orchestrator himself. And so any, any, any Michigan and Notre Dame are going to be one, two on anybody's list. Just a matter of what the ranking is. I can't even. At best, USC is number three. I can't even think of, I can't even think of what Notre Dame's is. I get, I get, wow. I can't even think of it off the top of my head. I, I get Michigan because no, I have not. <laughs> Todd, your thoughts. I get goosebumps every time I hear USC's the, um, uh, fight song. Drip, drip, drip says. Well, we'll save that for uh, overtime. Yeah, he'll say the drip, drip, drip. We'll say that in overtime with bonus bias to the hold. You'll have to just keep, you know, slowly maintaining your drip until then. We'll come back. The Weekly Profit of Woe and Lamentation is next. Back here on the Steve Day Show, and if you are a dog owner, you know that taking care of your pet means more than just food and water. Its health and happiness is a big part of your family's health and happiness as well. That's why you want to look at Rough Greens, because chances are the food that you bought at the store for your pet was stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that your pet needs for the same reason they did that to a lot of the people food. That's why we take so many supplements these days to replace what they've taken out, and they took it out for mass distribution. They do a lot of that to the the dog food as well. Thankfully now, though, there is a supplement just for your pets. It's called Rough Greens. It's the powder you mix in with your dog's beloved store-bought food. And with that one little act, you've restored a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that are missing that your pet needs. But you might be wondering, what if my pet doesn't like it? What if it doesn't really make a difference? The last thing I need in a Let's Go Brandon economy is another expenditure. We agree. That's why we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. We ask that you go in on the shipping so that you have some skin in the game as well, but we'll pick up the bigger expense with the bag when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F, that's how the company spells it. Roughgreens.com, or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Let's bring back in the weekly profit of woe and lamentation, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. Daniel, it's uh, it's it, it, tell us right now. I have a few things that I wanted to ask you about. Tell our audience what you're focused on right now. Well, I'm wondering if Rough Greens has a human version because that's what we're going to need soon. You know, I wish we could go back to the time when it was taxes, abortion, guns. Now it's like 
hey, we're blowing up pipelines, we're blowing up your genes, we're blowing up your food supply. Um, we have a government that is run by organized crime. Uh, hmm. I think everything about conservatism was predicated on the fact that we had a government that was more or less a force for good, might need some fixing, might have some profligacy to it, some values issues. Everything geopolitically has to be recalibrated with the understanding that everything we thought about Iran, China, or North Korea applies at least to the same degree to our own government. And I don't just mean the Biden shallow state, but the permanent fixtures in our government and the revolving door in all these so-called private entities, nonprofit, for-profit. Uh, that's what we're up against, Steve. Um, it's everything. It's nothing short of the human genes human survival um, with eugenics really at the top of the agenda item of all of their, you know, their, their little catastrophes every, every week. And yet you look at the conservative movement, conservative talkers, the Republican party, and it ranges from zero response to we need to double down on the funding and the policies of the very elements that got us here. So interesting thing, Steve, it's not just that in this budget bill, they're not redressing any of those grievances, okay? The border, transgenderism, COVID fascism, uh, food, fuel, whatever. It's not just that they have it expiring December 16th, which as we well know is designed to undercut the entire purpose of electing a Republican Congress uh, by, uh, precluding them from dealing with an entire years of budget and policy. But they actually have special policies in a clean continuing resolution. All of them are designed for non-Americans. Ukraine, Afghan refugees after the DO, uh, D and DHS um, inspector generals just said that we let in a bunch of terrorists and we have no way of identifying them, and they have declined to come up with a plan to identify them, um, and then to help resettle people at the border, not deter them. Think about that. You know, you typically have a clean uh, stopgap bill. Stopgap, you know, runs everything on autopilot, and then if you have something different, it's called an anomaly. All the spending anomalies are for people who aren't Americans. So that's just that, Steve. That's just how it is. How should the average person watching or listening right now respond to what you just said on Election Day, six weeks from yesterday? It doesn't matter. I mean, Election Day doesn't matter. It's how they should respond every day before and after the election. The response should be that what we're doing is not working. So if you don't organize locally to change the political culture, the corporate culture, um, to engage in a pressure campaign on the points of leverage, whether it's legislatively, whether it's you know other policies, to get the elected Republicans to fear you, nothing will matter. It literally will not matter. Now, I do think there are individual races that do matter. So all too often we look at elections too much in the macro. Mm -hmm. Hey, Steve, how many seats are they going to win? That's meaningless because it's a fake subversive party. But I think on an individual level, it matters if Ron Johnson 
wins his race, if Carrie Lake wins her race in Arizona, things like that matter. Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, particularly those two governorships. When you look at Governor DeSantis, you could you could see how one individual could make a difference. So if you have two, three, maybe five more of those, that can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. But the notion that somehow Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell leading a phony Republican majority is going to make one iota of a difference is insane. And in fact, uh, this level of intensification of government by crisis uh, will only uh, become worse if Republicans are there because they know they're scared of losing power once they have it. So they're going to induce a clamor to react emphatically to the next Ukraine, the next COVID, which will certainly come in earnest. What could we do to get such elements then to fear us? Because I fear that the answer is approaching nothing. Like there is literally nothing we could do to leverage the Kevin McCarthy's, Mitch McConnell's et al. of the world. Particularly maybe a younger guy like a McCarthy who still realizes he's got to go to Mar-a-Lago and kiss Trump's ring every few months. But the, you know, the the Cornins, the 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 McConnells that have been there running this game long before Trump came down that escalator there at Trump Tower. I, I don't think there's anything we could do. Am I wrong? Like literally nothing. I mean, literally nothing. I, I think that dichotomy is correct. When it comes to the Senate Republicans, there is quite literally nothing that this organized criminal government can do. Um, I mean, Biden could get get up and give a speech and say, yeah, I, I blew up that pipeline. You know, screw it. I mean, we need to stick it to Russia. Um McConnell will probably put out a statement congratulating him. I, I don't think there is anything. Um, I'd say if you know information comes out about Pfizer, but everything already did come out, it doesn't matter. But I do think maybe perhaps McCarthy, perhaps the House Republicans, it's hard to test your theory because I don't think we've ever done it. Every week when we have dramatic issues in play and points of leverage that need to be harnessed, what percentage of the conservative noisosphere is focused on it. It's a small percentage. It's a mm-hmm. small world, kind of that Chip Roy world, the Thomas Massey world. I think if we enlarge that and created a, a greater clamor, I think we could make a difference. Perhaps it only takes the House to hold up a budget bill, um, at least after January. And certainly at a state level, we can do this. But but Steve, I mean, this is what happens when you come 40 years late into the game, 40 years of a controlled opposition with no impetus no no vision to do anything to break out of this paradigm of vote republican every two years and no matter how bad things get we just have another distraction even if it's a serious thing so you know this week we have a lot of unnatural disasters taking place but you have a natural disaster of the hurricane that's certainly going to suck the oxygen out from doing the right thing on the unnatural disasters and that's true every single week Confession time. I am having a very hard time, personally, getting over Ted Cruz's vote to fund the first, what was it, $40 billion or whatever, to Ukraine earlier this year. Further confession time. If it weren't for how much I absolutely adore his father, I think I would have gone ape publicly about it and directly at him by now. Third confession, at the time he made the vote, I reached out to him personally to ask him to come on and explain it. I got no response, and I haven't tried to reach out to him on anything ever since. Um, 
And this, despite the fact I have noticed that actually his messaging on a lot of other things we care about has actually gotten much more aggressive and better. Why on this particular vote? And help me psychoanalyze me. How come I can't get over this particular vote? Of all things, why is this vote bothering me so much? Well, you mentioned the messaging is better on other things, and I think that's the operative word, the messaging. Um, Ted has become a talking point machine. I mean, he's really enjoying the Martha's Vineyard thing. And again, if that's driven towards an end, which Governor DeSantis has said he wants to have a state return to Mexico policy. So then that's that's a good thing what he did. But other people, and I suspect Ted is included in that, they are talking point machines. They just love a good talking point. Um, he loves Twitter. You know, if he didn't have Twitter, maybe he'd be able to focus on outcomes. I think the minute he decided to run for another term, rather than maybe being that outside figure that we needed, just, you know, not run again, not much you can do there. That's when he turned useless. And now it's just a series of talking points, talking points, talking points. I think when it comes to Ukraine, it's worse than that because he doesn't even have the talking points. Um, what's gut-wrenching about Ukraine is this. Obviously, there is a historic dislike of Russia among conservatives dating back to the legacy anti-communism days. So, you know, it's understanding how you can get maybe punked and sucked into that. Okay, kind of looks like Russia's attacking Eastern Europe, conjures up images of Pope John Paul and Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, that whole era. But how you could not change that message now, after everything we have seen, that that is the new COVID, that is the new um, energy, is the new healthcare, um, you know, blowing up uh, energy, is the new blowing up ivermectin, uh, green energy is the new vaccine. How you could not see that is insane. Um, even on COVID, they kind of updated their message a little, but not much. I mean, I don't think Ted will ever touch the safety of the shots themselves. He'll say, I don't like mandates and he'll have a Fauci meme or something. Um, but <sighs> Steve, Ted exemplifies the broader problem. I think we have with, with the conservative movement. Ted is the conservative movement. He's not the Mitch McConnell. Okay. He's not the party poobas mm -hmm. but it's all about talking points it's almost like just a bunch of thumb suckers um you know we could be dying drowning and they're just like enjoying doing laps in the pool is that they, is that why the ukraine thing bothers me it's because it's pretty obvious there's no critical thinking where this is concerned at all and i know it and he knows it and he knows he knows that i know it and i know that he knows that i know it and that's why open yourself up to no scrutiny because you couldn't possibly defend it. And it's just falling for the canard, the banana, the tailpipe of the day's talking points. Is that it? In other words, it's stupid and it's vapid and it's shallow and it's beneath the dignity of his intellectual capability. Is that why it bothers me so much? Do you think? It's that, but there's also another dimension that opens up a can of worms and is really the, I would say, you know, if you have a stinking garbage can and you want to kind of peel down to see where the maggots are. And you're just the man for that ago, job. A generation <laughs> or two ago, that would have been the legacy left wing ideologically driven institutions. Mm -hmm. 
Now, do you know where it is, Steve? Military, <laughs> national security, I know, I know. intel. That's that's where the transhumanism comes from. That's where I believe the COVID fascism came from. I agree. From. I, at the, the very, I told the audience earlier in the show. At the very least, Ukraine. At the very least, we allow our scientists allowed themselves to be co-opted by the Shycoms and the development of a bioweapon. That's that's the least they did. That they unintentionally created a bioweapon. That's the least of what they did here, right? And I think, uh, yeah. All right. It's the military-industrial complex, and I think. People like that cannot get off of that, and they cannot understand that that entire apparatus that you worshipped two generations ago mm-hmm. has been captured, and it's now a gun turned on you, right. and you have to act accordingly. 30 seconds. Who sabotaged Nord Stream? Um, the CIA said two weeks ago, I think, to Germany, you ought to watch out. Uh, that pipeline, is. it was nice while it lasted. Nice pipeline you got Who- there. Yeah. Putin is not cutting off. He he might temporarily suspended his leverage. He's not going to permanently, and this is permanent, destroy his entire uh, you know meal ticket. It just there, there's no world does it make sense. So Good. process of elimination. Good to see you, brother. Thank you. Take care. See you next week. You bet. Reminder, uh, Daniel, brought to you by Patriot Mobile. I mentioned them earlier in the show. Right now is an opportunity. You can even have your business sign up for Patriot Mobile as well. Uh, they've got affordable plans for both you as an individual for your business. Whether you own a business or you're an individual, if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They'll give you even bigger offers and savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. Make the switch today when you go to PatriotMobile.com Steve. I know what you're thinking. It's a big hassle. We thought the same thing. We made the switch almost exactly a year ago and have not regretted it ever since. Patriot mobile.com slash Steve is where you want to go for America's only American mobile phone provider or call them at 972 Patriot thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel perfectly bookended from the end of that conversation to the very beginning when he said our government is a crime syndicate so one of my taglines on Twitter to sum up events is hail Hydra Hydra is real that's exactly what it is you remember the, the end of that movie when uh, Iron Man and Ant-Man are getting ba- uh, back in the in the game for the time heist, and Ant-Man says, who are these guys? And uh, Tony Stark says, well, that's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Well, it's actually a Hydra agent, but that's before we knew that. And Ant-Man says, how do you not know that's a bad guy? He just looks like a bad guy. That's where we live right now. This is the real-life Hydra running point on everything. The way Daniel laid that out on multiple issues uh, from the jab to Ukraine, uh, to the pipeline, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's where the hardcore movers uh, and, and the left have parked themselves. All of the institutions, including the one all the way at the top. There is, is there a singular weapon, though? Is there a singular weapon? Is there a superhero somewhere that we can count on? Yeah, there is. It's called letting the lion out of its cage. I mean, I, the, the more, the, the deeper we get into this, the, the analogy of Hydra is absolutely correct. The more I'm convinced that this is either the end of days, judgment, or God is about to work miraculously. Because this is cosmic in its scope. Let that sink in every day. We're stick around, do some bonus buy, seller hold for subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. John 317.
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.